I'm, um, I'm just enjoying uh, listening to you this morning, and then you stop. <laughs> the sound of uh, fellowship, and um, we'll get a little bit uh, closer to fellowship as the time goes on this morning. Uh, you know, let me be maybe one of the first to wish you happy Thanksgiving. I'm, uh, well, thank you. I'm, um, you know, I'm blessed, I'm glad uh, how it worked out that uh, my last time here with you this morning could be uh, around Thanksgiving. Um, you know, um, it's important to be thankful, and so we have been in praise and worship and music, and, um, and now in message, I, I, I want to pause and um, talk a little bit about giving thanks, how important it is, how significant uh, it is to God, to us, to others, this idea of, uh, of being thankful. In his um, letter to the church in Ephesus, uh, Paul writes, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Most of us, uh, I'm guessing, uh, if you're like me, and um, I think most of us would answer yes to this. As children growing up, uh, we were all taught uh, by someone, I'll bet, uh, to say thank you whenever someone gave us something or did something for us, right? Something we appreciate. How many of you, uh, when you were kids, uh, remember your parents saying, and now if your parents, I'll bet you still repeat uh, the following question. What do you say? <laughs> right? How many remember that? Yeah, oh, hands up all over the room. Uh, I, was, um, I was reminded of this again uh, this past Halloween when a little boy uh, came to our door trick-or-treating. He must have been four, maybe five years old. And when I opened the door, there he stood all by himself. Just all shy and everything, hardly daring to look up at me. Uh, um, and then I saw him, he looked anxiously over his shoulder. Uh, Mom and Dad were standing down at the end of the little sidewalk leading up to our door, uh, several yards away, uh, way too far away for this little boy's comfort, uh, I'll tell you that. And it was clear that it took all the courage that this little guy had um, to come up to the door and stand there all by himself. But um, uh, as we all know, with the promise of candy comes great courage. Amen? <laughs> and so uh, I, I got down on one knee, and, and I reached out the bowl, and, and I told him to take anyone he wanted. He, uh, he peered over the edge, and finally he reached his hand into the bowl, and, and he picked out a Snickers candy bar. Still the best, right? And then abruptly, as soon as he had it in his hand, uh, suddenly jubilant, he turned and he started running toward his mother and father. But he only got halfway, and I'll bet you could tell me why. Because his mom called out, Eric, stop. Kid, stop so quickly, I thought he was going to tumble over. And then she said, you know the question, his mother, kind of in that gentle, firm way, uh, asked him, 
what do you say? And um, I got to tell you, that, uh, that poor little boy, <laughs> he, um, there he was, right, stuck, you know, between the candy bowl and between mom and dad in his, in his own personal purgatory. <laughs> and um, he managed to slowly turn back around toward me um, but then he just stood there. His eyes were down. And then, you know, he, 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 he does that, um, he did that little, um, that kind of little sway that little kids do when they're nervous or when they have to go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's slowly turning his Snickers bar. The kid didn't look like he had a, a friend or a hope in the world, right? And, and his mom let him for just a few seconds, but then she called out again, a very encouraging, sweetie, what do you say? And then in a barely audible voice, I heard Eric say to me, thank you. And then he turned and he broke the land speed record <laughs> into his mother's waiting arms. And so we know, we've picked up, haven't we, along the way uh, that it's important to say thank you. It's become a social custom and uh, it's almost a common expression like hello or goodbye or, or gesundheit. It's like a reflex sometimes. It's so often uh, automatic. I was uh, coming into church early this morning and I turned on the radio. The dial was set to 101.1 because they're playing Christmas music. Uh, have you discovered that yet? And, and we love Christmas music. And, but I had Thanksgiving Day on my mind you know, this morning and the song that came on... Uh, it's an original song I didn't know from a Charlie Brown Christmas. I knew it was in that show, but I didn't know it was written for that show. That song, the Christmas time is here, happiness and cheer. You know the song? Well, good, because I'm not going to sing more of it. <laughs> and, and I thought this morning, I thought, well, wait, you know, um, Christmas time isn't quite here yet, and now we can redeem this because Jesus' birth, right, is, it's up there on the list of stuff that we're thankful for, right? One of the big things to be thankful for. But I was thinking, it, I hope our time of Thanksgiving, especially this week to celebrate Thanksgiving Day, isn't, you know, merely an automatic speed bump on the way to Christmas, because biblical thanksgiving is, is something much more, something much deeper uh, than a speed bump, something deeper than any social custom or habit you know, that we do automatically, something more than, uh, than only the appropriate thing to say at the appropriate time. Biblical thanksgiving is something much more. To get at that something or to begin to get at it, let me ask you a question. Why do you think 
that Eric had such a tough time saying, thank you to me. Why do you think that might be? Well, part of the answer, it seems to me, can be found in Leviticus, of all places. I know, shocker, right? In Leviticus, uh, you remember we find all of those feasts and offerings and temple practice stuff and, uh, that God asked or required of Israel. And uh, you see on the screen the five main categories of those offerings. Uh, a burnt offering, grain offering, fellowship, sin, and guilt offering. The first three on the list were voluntary. The last two uh, were required and now of these five categories, which type of offering would you guess was the offering to express gratitude or thankfulness to God? Which one would you guess? Yeah, no one dares to be wrong, but go ahead, make your guess in your mind. And uh, I think I've heard the right answer. The correct answer is, it's the fellowship offering. And so by its very name, we learn something about thankfulness. By the very name of this offering, fellowship offering, sometimes called peace offering, what even just the name of that offering shows is that thankfulness is intensely relational. Feeling genuine gratitude and, and being able to eagerly express it being thankful in our being, it involves and it needs relationship. And so getting back to little Eric, um, standing there twisting his snickers, what might have been one reason at least that Eric had such a tough time uh, saying thank you to me? I wonder if part of the answer at least is because he didn't know me at all. If, as the Bible suggests, thankfulness uh, springs from relationship, and Eric and I really didn't have much of a relationship, we had known each other all of 30 seconds, could part of the difficulty he was having expressing his thankfulness because he didn't know me, thankfulness without of, uh, <clears throat> out of context of relationship, at least true and eager thankfulness out of context of relationship, it's like a fish out of water, it just it doesn't swim. He just wanted to get away. You know, one of the most common things uh, over the years that um, people want to talk to me about, and it's common too, I find, in my study of, of many Christians, it, they come to me with oh, a question something like this, Todd, I'm just not feeling it. When it comes to being thankful passionately thankful uh, to God. I mean, I, I know what he's done for me. Wow, Jesus dying on the cross for my sins and all. But I struggle sometimes really feeling the true depth of all that and passionately expressing thanksgiving to God. Now, if you're ever in that place, as I am from time to time. I'm going to suggest to you that you ask a question which someone suggested to me I ask myself when I'm struggling with that. And the question I'll suggest you ask, if you're ever struggling with feeling it 
in terms of giving up the sacrifice of praise to God, ask yourself the question, well, how well do I know him? Beyond knowing what he's done for you, because frankly, true biblical thankfulness doesn't involve or spring or have anything to do with circumstances. So beyond knowing only what he's done for you, as infinitely great as that is, beyond knowing what he's done for you, how well do you know the Lord? Do you need to know him more? In my opinion, the deeper that we know God, the closer our walk with him, then the deeper the thanksgiving simply is that comes flowing from us. So how well do you know him? One of my favorite all-time sermons was a sermon by the late Reverend Lockridge. Shadrach, Meshach, Lockridge. I'm jealous of his name. <laughs> he pastored at Calvary Baptist Church in San Diego for 40 years. And there's a portion of his sermon I've played for you before, but uh, it's been a while. And God put it on my heart again to share with you this morning. And as I listened to it again the last couple of weeks, every time I hear it, it helps me to find my passion again, regardless of any circumstances in my life, to give thanksgiving to God simply because of who he is. And oh my goodness, as you'll be reminded of in a minute, who wouldn't want to know the one Reverend Lockridge is about to describe? As we listen, maybe ask yourself, as he asks, do you know him? Let's listen. The Bible says my king is a seven-way king. He's a king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's a king of Israel. That's a national king. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. Well, I wonder, do you know him? <laughs> David said, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the fundament showeth his handiwork. My king uh, is, a, is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his surely supplies. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He's august and he's unique. 
He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He is the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He is the coronal necessity for spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's, he, yes, he is. He is the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. Well, this is my king. He is a key. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Uh, I wish I could describe him to you, but he's in the... Yeah! 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 He's indescribable. Yes, he is. Good God. He... He's indescribable. Yes, he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! That's my king. That's my king. Yeah. And thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. And ever, how long is that? And ever, and ever, and when you get through with all of the forevers, then amen. Good God Almighty, amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise God, huh? Do you know him? Because you see, when we know him, our passion for that sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, it eagerly and more easily follows, regardless of any 
circumstance we might be facing. You see, to feel and express true thanks to someone, one thing it requires is um, humility. It means giving something up. That sacrifice of praise. To, to truly feel or express thanks, it, it means humbling ourselves. When we feel a thankful and when we express it to someone, we're saying to that person things like, you know what, I really needed that. I appreciate that. I'm now feeling uh, indebted to you. You gave me something. You did something for me that you know, I, I, I wouldn't or couldn't do myself. Uh, thank you. And there's humility in admitting that. Do you know him? Have you humbled yourself to truly know the Lord? Recall our passage in Ephesians where Paul says to always give thanks to God the Father for everything. That is, always regardless of circumstances. And that's because in any circumstance, as Paul reminds us, God is there in the midst of it all with us, holding us, caring us, caring for us, um, loving us, working for our good. You know, in my opinion, that was the root of uh, Job's problem. He was so buried uh, under his awful circumstances, totally understandable, of course, but he was so buried under circumstance, he forgot just who God is. And he forgot that as he's even speaking to his friends and working through it, that God is right there with him in the midst of it all, working for his good. And yeah, it's understandable Job struggled with uh, what he had to go through, and God never held that against him. But Job lost sight of him. And how did Job find God again? Well, when God simply revealed himself to him. And it was then that Job remembered who God is, and humility quickly followed, and fast on the heels of humility, praise and thanksgiving, even in the midst of his God-awful circumstances. And oh, to be Free from circumstances when it comes to feeling and expressing thankfulness. And to be thankful for what we have rather than the relentless push of our culture to get us to focus on what we don't have. So we go out and buy it. Or so we'll try and go get it. It's what they're up to. I came across something this past week, I think, that it can illustrate the value of focusing on what we have rather than what we don't have. This was uh, put together by a stay-at-home mom, and instead of focusing what she doesn't have, this mom chose to be grateful for what she does have. And so having to get up early in the morning, it became gratitude for children to love. Having to clean the house became gratitude for a safe place to live. She's even grateful for laundry and dirty dishes because now she sees in them thankfulness for clothes to wear and for food to eat. And you can see the rest of her list right down to the end of the day when 
She's grateful for being sore and tired as she gets into bed because it means she's still alive. Anne Voskamp, in her recent book and devotional, 1,000 Gifts, tells us that her book was inspired by a friend's dare to start counting 1,000 things that she loved. And so Anne says, I took the dare, accepted the challenge, kept track of 1,000 things, 1,000 gifts, 1,000 graces on a quiet, unassuming blog. Before I knew it, thankfulness to God began to fully change me. Later, she says, I decided to try to live this giving thanks, as I believe Jesus did each day, regardless of circumstance. And what I found was that in giving thanks for each moment, each moment, and savoring it as bread from his hand, I'd find sustenance and the grace of God himself in it. By the time her devotional was printed, Anne had up to 4,000 things on her list. And simply listing all those things changed her. It opened her, it opened her heart to a true and a deep and a life-giving thanksgiving. An old hymn um, captured this truth long ago. Many of you know it, I'm sure. Uh, I've been humming it uh, for the past several weeks now. Um, listen to its words, see if you recognize it. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it may surprise you what the Lord has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does your cross seem heavy that you're called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you'll keep on singing as the days go by. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings, wealth can never buy your reward in heaven, nor your home on high. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings. Angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. While on a short missions trip, a pastor named Jack Hinton was leading worship at a leper colony on an island of on the island of Tobago uh, in the Southern Caribbean. A woman who had been facing away from the pulpit uh, turned around. It was the most hideous face I had ever seen, Hinton said. The woman's nose and ears were entirely gone. She lifted a fingerless hand in the air and she asked, can we sing Count Your Many Blessings? Overcome with emotion, Hinton left the service. A ministry team member caught up to him and said to, and said to him, I, I guess you'll never be able to sing that song again. And Hinton replied, um, 
Yes, I will, but I'll never sing it in the same way. When we know the Lord and all who he is and all he has done, when we're in relationship with him, thanksgiving follows, regardless of our circumstances. In relationship with God, we find thanksgiving. And then when we find that kind of thanksgiving, what are we to do with it? How are we to express our thanks to God? Oh, many ways come to mind. Worship and praise and prayer and singing. But you want to know God's favorite way for us to express thanks to him? By far, the second one's not even close, whatever it might be. His favorite by far is when we show our love, his love, to others. If you want to know, you don't have to ask him. You can if you like. Father, how can I thank you? For being just who you are. His answer will be, look at all of those people in your life, in your lives. Do you want to thank me for who I am? Love them. One of my favorite um, true stories is of a four-year-old girl who was standing on a kitchen chair pulled up close against the wall and she was intensely staring um, at a very famous painting. You recognize it? Many of you do. It's called Our Daily Bread, uh, that old man praying over a small loaf of bread. And her father came into the kitchen and, and saw his little girl, and he asked her, what are you doing, honey? Looking, she said with a little catch in her voice. Noticing his daughter's tears, under her dark lashes, her father probed a little bit deeper. What are you thinking? With a heartfelt sigh, she replied, he doesn't have any peanut butter. <laughs> now, how many of us would look at that picture and wonder about, um, you know, what does that man need? And look around you. And look around you here in a minute. Um, look around your life as you continue to live your life. How often is your first thought? And then how often does it last that when we see each other, we think of each other we're so other-focused that we think, I wonder what he needs. I wonder what she needs. Two days ago, um, the world paused, right, to remember the 50th anniversary of John F. Kennedy being assassinated on November 22, 1963. Many of you, I'm sure, also remember that another great man died on that same, same exact date, that's also the day that the great Christian author uh, C.S. Lewis died. Did you know? Both men left us uh, on the same day, and both left us with many words to remember. Uh, among them, these two um, helped remind me this week uh, what the true path is 
to thanksgiving. It's Kennedy's quote, ask not what your country can do for you, you could finish it, right? But what you can do for your country, others focused. Thank you, Lord. And then it was C.S. Lewis, so many quotes that uh, I cherish uh, from that man, but among my favorite is this one. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. I love that quote. How well do you know the Lord? How often do you think of others? In relationship with God, we find thanksgiving. Out of thanksgiving to God, we serve others. I hope that your thanksgiving uh, this year be full of, go, uh, be full of both. <laughs> full of a time of thankfulness um, over your relationship uh, with the Lord. He is truly amazing. But then also full of others. Full of Love God, love others. Would you look at that? Go figure. Um, just in closing, um, I want to take the opportunity of this Thanksgiving week. Uh, I want you to know um, how very thankful I am. Um, to all of you. <laughs> my, um, my family doesn't know yet uh, what the future, uh, what the future um, holds for us. Um, I know I'm called to continue uh, to teach the Bible, and so help me God, I will. Um, and we trust and we know that in His timing, God will show us where. He always shows the way. But I want you to know um, what a great honor and uh, pleasure it's been for me to share God's Word with you for the last uh, eight years. Your eagerness to love God and to love others inspires me to do the same. You know, I, I think I had preached um, a total of five sermons before I started here, but um, you graciously listened and responded anyway. <laughs> was incredible. And um, your love for our family, it's among, um, it's among the greatest uh, blessings we have ever experienced. Love God, love others, um, it suits you so well. We've made so many lifelong friends along the way. I got to work with um, the most remarkable people. It's been a joy and a privilege. I'm going to miss working with them, and um, we will miss you. And for all of it, uh, Jill and the kids, uh, we're eternally grateful for you. Thank you so much for allowing us to serve you for serving us and for serving alongside us as we 
uh, love God and love others together. We will always love you. And the, the one thing that, um, I think the one thing that we'll remember most um, about you is that from the first day um, to the last, you welcomed us uh, with open arms and uh, you loved us well. And so thank you. I bless God for you. I, um, I'd like to close uh, this morning with your permission. Um, I guess you really don't have a choice. So. <laughs> um, by praying for you. It's um, a prayer I've been praying uh, for several weeks now. And it's one that I promise you I will continue to pray. Would you join me, please, in prayer? Dear Father, thank you so much for my brothers and sisters here. Thanks for having our paths cross in such a beautiful, meaningful way for a time. Father, I lift them now before you and ask them, that you continue to provide and care for each one of them and for all of them together, this beautiful community of people expressing your love. Oh, Father, continue to strengthen them, to equip them, to witness through them who you are in love because the world needs to know you through them. I pray for their leaders, for the elders, for Dave Beatty, for all the staff and ministry leaders and for all of their families. Oh, Father, protect them and guide them and nurture them. And Father, please bring them a new shepherd of your choosing. Bring them someone who loves you deeply, someone who loves your word, someone who will love and care for them. Bring them someone through whom you will reveal yourself to them. Father, watch over them. Keep them close. Give them eyes and ears to see you and to hear you always and clearly. Let them feel your presence. Continue to move them, Father to love you and to love others in everything they do. I pray this in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Do you uh, just stick with us for uh, another minute or so? Todd and I are going to meet uh, Joe and Danny. And is Pete here? Peter here? Come on, Peter. We'll just meet him right down here. I'll slide over this way. Thanks. So, uh, after a sermon like that, we couldn't let you leave without saying thank you. And it's my privilege just uh, on behalf of everybody here, our whole congregation, to thank you for teaching us God's Word, to being faithful to it, to working so hard. I've never known anybody that works harder um, in preparation and study for sermons. So, thank you so much. And... Um, mm -hmm. Thank you all of you for being part of our church family. 
You know, I'm going to ask uh, the congregation if they would join us. Uh, would you stand, please? We're going to take these words that you taught us from uh, Numbers, Numbers chapter 6. I'm going to say a phrase, and then I would ask you all if you'll just say that phrase back to Todd and Jill and his family. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you. And give you peace. And all God's people said. Amen. Give some love. I love you. Thank you. my